like as I'm reading this book, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Or like, oh, I should check that out. <laughs> or something like that. Welcome back to the Productivity Lab, where we put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Kyle. And in this episode, we are on to our, what is this, our fifth, fourth book review. I cannot add or multiply, (laughs) Um, but we are on our fourth book review, and we will be reviewing Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. But before we hop into our review and thoughts on on the book, Kyle, what have you been up to? Uh, Well, as I mentioned in the last episode, we have officially released Everyday Superhumans again. So been working on that. We just had another interview, which should be up by the time this episode's out. We don't have a release schedule this season because we're still building up our backlog. And our previous episode we had to release because we were given a a soft due date by our guests because we interviewed the League of Women Voters and the, the Texas primaries uh, is actually happening the day after this recording. <laughs> so <laughs> they want us to get out in time for the primaries so people can be informed as voters. Uh, but yeah, we've been busy with that. We just did our second guest interview and we have one in the backlog before that from a year and a half ago, which I just finished editing. And yeah, I know a year and a half is a long time to wait. And then <laughs> we have another interview coming up this weekend. So it's going to be a very busy weekend uh, with all that. So I'm looking forward to that. In the meantime, though, in between talking to uh, various guests on the show and reading books for this show, I have been working on Python very intensely now. I really want to learn how to automate the boring stuff as the name of the book that I'm, or not the book, the Udemy course I'm going through suggests. And I actually use part of their lessons in automating something for everyday superhumans that I was really putting off a lot. Uh, we had to go, th- there was something to do with like our old episode descriptions kind of got corrupted whenever I transferred the stream, the stream, the hosting over to Anchor FM. Like it didn't take all the, all the data with it. So like all the links were gone for each episode. So I made a Python script to extract all those and I haven't uploaded them to Anchor yet because I, that part I'm still, I still have to do manually at the current moment, but I went through a bunch of I went through a bunch of weeds and uh, was able to trim them with using uh, Python code. And I was like, okay, I'm really motivated now. Teach me everything about this. So I'm just like super hyped. I'm using this website called, <laughs> um, I'm using this website called Code Wars, which is pretty much a coding practice website where you just kind of go to either learn the basics or refresh yourself on a language. Uh, depending on what your experience level is, they have various experience levels. I'm just doing the fun, the foundations levels right now. And I've learned from going to that website, you could like see your solution compared to other people's solutions. I'm not that clever. As I've learned. Everything I've done has been very bad compared to everything else I've seen on there. But I mean, it's a different skill levels and like I'm learning from it, which is great. I also picked up another app called Solo Learn, which is also kind of like Duolingo for coding where I've been learning various things about Python syntax and uh, functions that I might not have picked up in the course I'm taking. So yeah, I've been very gung-ho on learning coding this year, which 
to carry on with our previous episode a couple episodes ago on yearly themes, I decided to do a second sub-theme for my year now because of all high time feeling. And that sub-theme is coding. I want to really okay. work on this this year. So civics and coding for me now. How about you, Mark? How are you? Um, it's been pretty busy um, uh, for me uh, since we last chat or since the last episode, rather. Uh, so I've mostly been um, these past two weeks. Uh, we just had our fiction podcast oh, yeah. uh, event for February. Uh, which was great turnout, lots of uh, great discussion and lots of notes that I got written up um, and got to see some folks that I hadn't seen in, in some time. So that was a great event. Um, and then uh, this coming weekend, we have the weekend coffee event for the Austin oh, Podcasters, yeah. followed by another fiction podcast meetup. Same so day. Three no, uh, the week after. So, oh, okay. uh, oh, you're busy. Damn. Yeah, three back-to-back weekend events uh, for Austin Podcasters. Um, and then I think nothing for... Well, there may be another. Um, we'll see if it happens because this episode comes out later. But there may be another March event. Though I don't know if I got the bandwidth in me. <laughs> Uh, to do a, another March event, but we'll see if that one shakes out. Um, and then nothing until April, for at least for those events currently on the radar. Okay. And uh, mostly been busy because, and I guess we kind of soft launch, but by the time this episode comes out, we'll be hot into it. And that's, uh, I've been busy working on the Austin Podcast Festival Oh, that we're doing. is this why you sent that tweet out saying that you're up until 4 a.m. working on a website? Or is it saying different? Yes. <laughs> I saw that, that is I like, like, whoa, we got to <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I was supposed to just hop on and I didn't time box myself, but I was supposed to work on just a small piece. And I was like, ah, well, let me do this and let me do this. And then it was at 4 a.m. And I had completely... <laughs> Uh, built a new website uh, for the uh, for the festival event um, and linked it to our Eventbrite pages um, and everything else. So, uh, yeah, that's up now. Um, and so we're starting our early bird sale uh, for tickets. So it's kind of a kind of a. Uh, two-day event uh right now um the first day is kind of a half day where it's uh podcasting boot camp basics so for those that have no idea right um we'll probably do we'll be doing a three-hour basics boot camp that's cool and then the saturday will be a full day of sessions do you have the dates Um, selected right now june 26th and june 27th nice so people are listening in austin texas at capital factory and you can just go to austinpodcasters.com slash festival. Um, and then I got lots of different URLs that all redirect there. Um, but it'll be in our show notes below as well. Uh, so been working on that and all the planning, the timeline, building out all the project management stuff 
for everyone, the Trello boards and the docs and also doing the design and everything. Uh, so that's been consuming a lot of my time. Yeah. Uh, wow. Do. It does not sound easy organizing a conference. We spoke about this once over dinner. Yeah. And it sounded like that. It's like a year long thing, pretty much to do a festival. Yes. And so this was kind of, we did our three year celebration. Um, and then afterwards we kind of talked about, Hey, let's try to do another conference thing again. Um, cause I, attempted in 2018 but then i also flew out the country for like a month or two uh in the midst of like campaign raising or um, yeah campaign fundraising or whatever and uh but we were the community was also pretty new um so we'll be giving that a go again um and it's a short run time so kind of just looking um more locally at things or you know, it feels more a little bit more comfortable and less stressful to do since mm. I also have a day job that I put in like 50 hours a week at um, <laughs> with everything else. So um, this one has a short, short run because it's like four or five months of us trying to get this and then uh, seeing how things shake out uh, the next year for if we do 2021 and which is likely we'll have a much longer uh, runway. Uh, to and planning and getting that event organized. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's been consuming my time um, is conference, website building, design, um, and all that fun, wonderful stuff. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this is exciting. I'm looking at the Eventbrite page right now and uh, I just put a reminder to do is to buy tickets for it. <laughs> Yes. On payday. So, yes. Yeah. So it'll be trickling out with the updates. And then, um, yeah, and, and I, I think I've mentioned before, like one of my virtual mentors that I actually only had a very brief conversation with via email, um, they're a design duo uh, oh, yeah. couple. And they run... Um, Actually, two com- two conferences. They they run the uh, the the brand new blog, uh, which a very popular design review blog, um, and then uh, they also run the brand new conference, um, two day conference, and they will actually be here in Austin in October, um, and I'm seriously thinking about buying a ticket to go there. Nice. Um, and they also launched in 2018 uh, a first round conference which is a one-day event um and they just hop around to different cities and it's just them too they do all of that um and if you look at their brand new conference designs like they're how they design and brand it and they do everything themselves uh 2019 or 2018 i think was the um concrete themed conference for new york in which their conference program manuals were made out of concrete. The badges were made out of concrete. I even got a concrete little cube um, uh, as a souvenir. Uh, and they do all of that, and it's just them two that do it. So I emailed Armin and uh, got some great uh, conference event um, advice uh, from him on how they run their stuff and things like that. Oh, so nice. that was very helpful. Um 
So yeah, exciting times, exciting times. So that's enough about me <laughs> and what we've been working on. But what we also have been working on is reading uh, the book, Digital Minimalism. Mm -hmm. So Kyle, tell me what this book is about and why did you choose it? Yeah, so about, I don't know, February, March 2019, I picked up this book when it came out. I think I got it on pre-order because I'm a big fan of Cal Newport. I was introduced to him through the book Deep Work, which I think a lot of people are interested in him by, which I know you've wanted to read in the show and we might read in the future. It's a book all about like how to focus very well. So to give some, give some background for Cal Newport, he is a professor of computer science at Georgetown University. He, he is, in my mind, a pragmatic productivity writer. He's like the computer science background makes him a very pragmatic person in my opinion. And as a professor, he also had a blog uh, about helping students get through college. So he's been like writing, he's been writing a bunch of things for a long time. I can't remember the name of his blog off the top of my head. It might just be a calnewport.com. Uh, but I'll link to it in the show notes. And I never read him in college, although I now wish I did. Because it seems like that if I read his stuff in college, I would have got done way better but <laughs> that's besides the point so i was introduced to him through this book deep work which is all about how to focus pretty well the thesis of the book is that as we live in a more distracted world it's getting it's going to become more difficult to focus on your job especially for things that require a lot more mental focus than than others so like writing an essay is a lot of mental focus versus like writing an email like writing emails is easy, he was just in deep work. So put time away to like do it like in the morning at the beginning of your job or the beginning of your work day and do it at the end of the day and don't waste your precious middle hours with it. Stuff like that is like he talks about. It's a really good book. I really recommend it. And then after that book, I read his other book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, which is his first, I think, non-college book, but it's kind of relevant to college because it's all about you should work hard enough in your field that you're that people can't ignore you so it's like oh yeah we gotta hire this guy like he's the best at this specific thing it's like a book all about specialization and like why you should specialize and and there's a theme through all these books which is focusing and mitigating distractions which i think he brings full circle with digital minimalism and at the time i read this book last year i made significant changes to my life and I was done with it. Like, I was like, oh my God, he's right about everything. And the, <laughs> the, the, the gist of this book is that digital minimalism is a philosophy of working smartly with technology and not working distractedly with technology. So in a case, like all these tools we have in our life, like Facebook, Google calendar, emails, your smartphone itself, your podcast players, they're tools, they're really good tools. And when they have a use, they are usually really good at. However, uh, at the same time that that might be useful to you, the people engineering the products are also engineering the products to, in such a way to make you want to use them more so that way they can get all the ad revenue. So it's like this, this asymmetric war in a sense where you're using it busy, like you're using Facebook to keep up with your friends or using Twitter to keep up with the news or your favorite personalities out there. 
but at the same time, it's designed in such a way that uh, you might go check Twitter for two minutes, and the next thing you know, it's been 15 minutes, and it's just completely taken over your past 15 minutes of work. Like, it's just completely gone with that. So the the argument in the book is that we should learn how to use technology more smartly and not let mm-hmm. it take over our life. The thing about this book, too, is that Cal Newport is an interesting guy to be writing this book because he doesn't have any social media accounts, which I think both gives him credence and also the him doesn't, but we'll get to that later. Um, I think that, <laughs> or I guess I could get to it now, really. <laughs> I want to leave you guys hanging. Uh, on the right side, I think it's great that he's like writing from like this like outside point of view and like he sees like how it's affect his friends and he, like, even his wife. He says like he's his Facebook on stuff. But at the same time, he's never actually like had to deal with like in a sense like leaving the addiction. So, it we'll get to opinions later, but it does kind of make me think that he has a certain bias towards certain things in this book. Mm. But despite that, uh, this book overall is a great read, and I'm happy that we finally got to read it on the podcast. Uh, uh, is there anything you want to talk about, Mark? Um. Yeah. So. Uh Let's see. Great to kind of um, cover with that book a little bit why you chose that. Um, and one thing that you brought up, um, and I guess, it, yeah, we'll just jump into it. One thing that you brought up that I pulled immediately from the book mm-hmm. uh, regarding that, um, and what you said in regarding the series of books that he wrote, um, the theme of intentionality, mm-hmm. right, of being intentional um, with what you were doing. And there was the section that he brought in that I think really pulls in the whole point with this is his section about the Amish. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a very fascinating section. Yeah. It was super fascinating. Um, and it, it was kind of like breaking, um, the myth about how, and he does he does quantify it with there's other thing there's like a lot of stuff to think about in which we talk about the Amish community. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're 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 not going to dive into those and he'll <laughs> he'll list examples. But he's like in this one specific thing or one specific area, um, they ask the proper questions when it comes to technology, and it's not that they're against the technology; it's that they ask an important question of how they will use that technology. And that actually goes against how these companies uh, would like you to think about their technology as they, uh, he gave examples of how Facebook or, or someone would promote of why you should use it. You know, use Facebook to keep in touch with mm-hmm. your fa- friends and family and people that you haven't talked to in forever, but it doesn't really give you an example of how to use it because they're in the, and I love this term, attention economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like one of my little favorite little terms in there because it is absolutely on point and meaning with the attention economy. And he says, and I quote, it describes the business sector that makes money gathering consumers' attention and then repackaging and selling it to advertisers. Mm -hmm. And you'll generally get this for any application or tool that is free. 
if the service is free, then you're the product. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever heard that term before, and 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 that was kind of a little great, two great things, right? Um, they kind of pulled together, and I felt that overall in the book there was like this tight narrative uh, structure with it, in which I'm easily able to pinpoint the examples that he pulls apart and discusses within each section. Um, and how they all relate or inter- interrelate with each other and to the overarching theme, uh, of whether it's explicit or not. And I think that's intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in his book, he talks about ways to kind of explore intentionality with your technology. But mm-hmm. he suggests something that I find really interesting, which is this is kind of like where, as an outsider, I think he might have a disadvantage, but he also crowdsourced this whole experiment. Uh, oh, behind yeah. everything which is kind of this this experiment kind of was the thesis behind the entire book what he did <laughs> is he sent and i guess in his newsletter out on his blog he sent out a newsletter saying like hey i want those of you who use your smartphone regularly to start to or to remove all the distracting apps from your phone mm-hmm. and set up some rules for yourself and we're going to call it the digital declutter so he raised up this thing called the digital declutter which is a 30-day break from your optional tech. So he defines optional tech as things you do not need to get through daily life. So in a sense, like, I need it. I will text people throughout the day to arrange things, which is fine. So that's more essential. Phone call is essential. But things like email and uh, Twitter are completely optional. Like you, You'd survive through your day perfectly fine if you don't have Twitter on your phone. It's not gonna. It's not gonna stop you anyway. Uh, so he suggests to remove things from your fo- from your phone or your life. Like it could be uh, things like game systems as well that are considered optional that give you no additional value except for uh, passive value typically. And mm-hmm. then he also recommends those thirty days to explore other activities outside of your usual tech usage. So one thing that he brings up in the book later on, which I have in my list of practices is stuff like woodworking and like handiwork, things that are a little bit more in the physical world. And then at the end of your 30 day break, reintroduce the optional tech back into your life as needed. So whenever I did digital minimalism, I actually didn't do this 30 day declutter, but I think it's a really, it's a, I think it's a really good thing to do. I effectively did remove all the social media from my app or from my phone whenever I did this a year ago. But I didn't go as extreme as he kind of said, but it mm-hmm. was enough to kind of give me an idea of like what this is like. And actually, no, I take that back. When I did do this, I did really go crazy with my removal of tech from my life. I actually looked at this uh, third-party website that kind of like uh, does like user analysis on Reddit accounts to mm-hmm. like see like what they're more for, like. It's like a fun app. Like, like what's the most frequent word? Uh, how well do they write? I got really bad scores on writing <laughs> and, uh, and so on and so forth. And like one thing that shows is like post, post frequency by month. And for three months I barely posted on Reddit. And that was after I read this book and then come like June or July, it went back up to where it was again. So I'm actually in need of, an, of another digital declutter. So yeah, I did this before. I first did this okay. and I removed everything from my phone that was distracting. I removed all the apps except for 
or all the apps, all the social media apps, except for Instagram, because Instagram mm-hmm. is a bit more special in the sense like you could only use it on the phone to like really yeah. upload things. And also, I never check Instagram anyway, so I'm like, well, if it's there, I'll look at it. So <laughs> I mm-hmm. I find myself getting bored of Instagram the quickest of all the social media apps, which I think you might have different opinions than me, Mark. <laughs> but yeah, so like he said. You just to take away thirty, take away all the distractions from your life for thirty days. Explore things outside of your usual tech usage, which could be things like woodworking to handiwork to writing to hanging out with your friends on weeknights instead of going home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And at the end of your break, he wants you to. Well, he's very explicit about this. It's, this is not a detox. The trend at digital detox is I'm going to remove this from my life for two weeks, and when I'm done, I can go back to my usual habits. This is not a detox. This right. is a declutter. It's like whenever you move to a different apartment, you usually kind of get rid of all the junk you haven't used in years and you donate to Goodwill. This is the equivalent of that. But declutter in this case is a way to kind of prune your phone and your digital life in such a way that it it works for you and you don't work for it. So in the case of uh, a digital declutter, Cal Newport recommends removing all optional tech from your device which would be things like the Facebook app, Twitter, et cetera, because these are things that you could get by with. with you could get by throughout your day without checking them. The more essential things like the phone, calling on your phone, and also like texting apps could stay. Like those things are fine. But the other things like social media, not so much. And then he also recommends at the beginning that if you do want to use this tech during your declutter, or if you do have to use this tech during your declutter, you should set up a strict set of rules that you have to follow. So he defines these rules as things like only check your phone during certain hours, uh, only check Facebook on the web browser and not your actual phone itself because Facebook has really optimized the app on the phone to be more addicting than the website, which I I actually personally did something like this when I first read this book. I did a declutter myself. I remember mm-hmm. the Facebook app from my phone. It's the only social media app that I've never put back on my phone since then. Like I, I removed Twitter and Reddit when I did that and they slowly migrated back to my phone. But Facebook got really boring whenever it wasn't <laughs> on, uh, like just in general, the concept of Facebook got boring. So now I just yeah. check it once a week for event invites and so on and so forth. Uh, my neighborhood group, see if there's any posts there. So like in this case, like, the neighborhood group is useful to like know what's happening in your neighborhood. If you're involved in it, then then go check your uh, neighborhood Facebook group on the weekend, see what events are coming up, et cetera, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So he says to create rules and operating procedures for this declutter. And then after that, take 30 days away from uh, your optional tech or use them within reason. So he says that from his study that he had for this digital declutter, uh, that uh, during or okay, let's see. So during this declutter, he. Uh, I'm trying to find words now. Oh yeah, so during this declutter, he got like emails and stuff like that from his readers or giving him feedback on that stuff, and he found out that a lot of people miss like their go-to like, quote-unquote like fast food apps. Like, social media is a big one, so that's why I'm bringing up a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. were like craving to go back to them and they're like what do I do there's actually a instance in the book where he mentions that somebody was so 
uh, what's the word? Like, uh, the, the habit was there, but she was trying to not, uh, was, so yeah, she was, she was trying like for that stimulus, but she couldn't mm-hmm. find it with her phone. So she kept on checking the weather app over and over again. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Then she got bored yeah. of that. So she, she ended up, uh, quite, she ended up getting over that. And apparently like, within like five days to two weeks, most of the cravings get away in general. And you, you don't really want to go back to them as much because it's the stimulus is gone from your life. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. So then the final step of this is at the end of your 30 days of your declutter. Um, he says to treat this as a blank slate and only reintroduce tech that matters the most back into your life. So like if you are like a personality of some sort and you have like Twitter is important for your career, then yeah, introduce it back into your life, but do it with rules. Like things like apps like Screen Time and Google's uh, digital well-being could like set timers and all that stuff for your app. So maybe do like 30 minutes a day. That's it. Uh, he also suggests to ask yourself several questions like, does this technology directly support something that I deeply value? And if it does, that could be, it's a contender to be introduced back into your life. If it doesn't, remove it or add stricter rules to it. So like in the case of me and Twitter and Reddit, it's saying that I don't deeply, Twitter especially, Twitter is saying I don't especially deeply value, but I do get some enjoyment out of it. So it's like fun to check for like five minutes a day or so. Uh, if it passes the first question, ask a, ask if your tech of choice is the best way to support this value. So that if there's a better <laughs> way to get your news than Twitter, then do an RSS reader and follow your favorite news websites and get your news from there. If there's people that you like to follow, uh, that give you enjoyment, then maybe like find more engaging content from them, depending on like if they're a podcaster or YouTuber or whatever. Uh, and then finally, before you reintroduce the technology back into your life, ask yourself, how am I going to use this tech going forward to maximize its value and minimize its harms? Because you don't want to do what I did when I reintroduced Twitter and Reddit back into my life they basically got back to their normal levels like within weeks. So you got to use it smartly. That's the, that's the thing. That's the, that's a tricky thing. And yeah, that's, that's the 30 day declutter. I did that myself a year ago. I found it very Mm -hmm. valuable and I'm finding myself in the need of doing one again. So I think after this episode, I'll be doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like the big bulk of the first half of the book. Is there anything I may have missed Mark? Any comments you have? There was a pretty good thing because as I was going through, like for Facebook, for example, um, I really don't like Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I had stopped using it like two years ago, uh, maybe like personally. Um, I still use it because I have community accounts tied to my account. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. My friends will see if I like something in the Austin Podcasters community. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've joined some design communities for learning and educational stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll see that activity there. But otherwise, like I had uninstalled Facebook from my phone. I'm not even logged into the account on my work machine mm-hmm. or on my um mobile phone oh, or wow. tablets or anything right I, I don't have the app i'm not even logged in via browser the only place i'm logged in is on uh, is at my desktop and i have it bookmarked 
to where I immediately go to the Austin podcast community. And when I hit there, there's immediate things I know I need to do. Either approve members, maybe delete something that someone posted that shouldn't, they shouldn't have posted or to make new updates, um, share content with the community and things like that. And then pretty much when I'm, and I do that maybe two to three times a week. Um, Actually, every Monday or Sunday evening, I schedule a weekly post that goes up on Monday. And Thursday evening, for sure, I go back when I prep our Friday listen playlist Mm -hmm. and I go through all the shows and everyone else added. And then I schedule any posts I need to make and do any review of stuff there. Um, That's pretty much a minimum two times a week. And my engagement with it is within like 15 minutes. Um, to do those activities and then I'm gone, I'm out. Right. Mm. Um, so I really like that. But what I was trying to reconcile of, uh, of trying to do a 30 day clutter of what could I get rid of? Um, and I use a lot of things to help promote in for the community. So yeah. it is for like we learned it to the Instagram with a black and white phone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> actually, I remember we were reading this book. It's like I wonder how Mike's gonna think about this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so I've kind of loosely have some rules set up for Instagram. For example, mm-hmm. um, like I can't check it in the morning um, before I'm on the bus. If I check it before I'm on the bus to work in the morning, it can only be when I'm at the gym. So if I'm at the gym on an yeah. elliptical or a bike, then I can hop on Instagram. Otherwise, I'm only on Instagram, for example, when I'm on the bus in the morning. I make the scheduled social media posts I need to for various accounts. And then I do quick perusing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as my bus exits the highway uh, to take one of the stops, I put Instagram away and I start oh. reading a book. Nice. So those are like my triggers to limit me and also have a time limit on Instagram. Um, So those I'm pretty good with. But what I did like, for example, is modifiers and that behavior, that triggering behavior um, of what is grabbing our attention. Right. Mm. An example of that young lady who who was like, I must have it. is the don't click like. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have that on my list of things. I, have a, I, have a, I think every practice he has in this. Yeah. That's a really fascinating one. Let's go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. Um, he says in a quote, don't click like ever. And while you're at it, stop leaving comments on social media posts as well. No, so cute or so cool. Remain silent. The reason I'm suggesting such a hard stance against these seemingly innocuous interactions is that they teach your mind that connection is a reasonably alternative to conversation. Mm-hmm. And and it goes it goes back to a place with the rumors that Instagram, for example, was testing getting rid of likes. Wow. Um, huh. And they've been beta, beta testing that. Um, on the platform and it made me think it's like oh I've been like slowly myself when I post something I don't necessarily care about the likes Mm. Um, I've gotten into that but or slowly sometimes I still still like oh how many likes did this get when it doesn't really matter Um, because I'm uh, the purpose is to just share information or to 
what's what's the term um, uh, to practice in public? So for my horrible illustrations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for others, I'm always liking other people's stuff, and I add comments. Mm-hmm. And I found that challenging to not don't click like to don't do that because it's it's not really worthwhile conversation with someone. But in the other instance, I think I had a question of um, I, I made a note of an exception has to be made if you're trying to establish a relationship and the only engagement you have is via social media. Yeah, yeah. This is like where this, move to- this is like where my criticism of this book comes up. Yeah, is that there are people that like like you, you manage a community that has a large, well, not really large, but has a good size social media presence. And for you to completely abstain from stuff like that, you like, oh yeah, this is a very supportive community, but man, that guy, Mark, he doesn't do anything on social, like he doesn't do anything <laughs> to promote the shows. He's a horrible guy, but at least he has the meetups. <laughs> like, it, like for you, right, yeah. it's like a bit of a challenge. So yeah, the idea is that uh, our phones, or not our phones, the social media apps and websites are like a slot machine. You go there and you get notified mm-hmm. if somebody likes stuff or comments. And his yeah. idea is to like, don't feed the slot machine. Yes. Which is good in practice for, I guess, personal life stuff. But for more pro and like more community oriented stuff, like you mostly st- uh, use social media for, it's a, little, it's, a different, it's a different beast. Yeah, it is. And so like when going through some of these things, I'm like, well, I, I like the idea, but... If you're if you're using it for work or other activity, right, um, where you're engaging, in, in which you engage online and offline, or if you're trying to establish a relationship with someone, mm-hmm. um, that's one of the things you do. You know, you're liking their work, you're commenting on it, you mm-hmm. may send them a message. I've had discussions with other creators that. I'm like, I see their work and I'm like, hey, let me send them a yeah. like or yeah. a comment. It's like, hey, I like what you're um, doing here. I like this or whatever. Mm. Keep it up. or And we've had conversations and, and there's been ongoing conversations for like for over a year now uh, with some other writers and stuff like that that mm. I engage with on the platform. Um, so, yeah, they're they're so. How, when I read some of those things, I'm like, okay, I think we're going to have to put a modifier on it. Or, <laughs> well, he does have a whole chapter that kind of like uh, is after that where he talks about not chapter but section about like using digital media, like or not digital media, using social media like a social media manager. Yes, which and is like it using act- it more intently, and then like like in this case, you're intently help talking to these people, right? You're, you're not like liking baby pics on Facebook. Yeah. And one of the examples he used was someone that was uh, doing it for a State Street Bank, um, which is actually my first uh, company I worked for. Um, (laughs) But uh, it was like, use it like a professional um, in that manner. So um, and that's true. So it, it all goes back to the point of these rules. I know he said, don't make them so detail or complicated Mm -hmm. because right that impedes what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. but it seems for each of these uh because we've also moved a lot uh of the information or educational items to be digital um and then it is intermixed like youtube right i try to be more intentional with the things that i watch on youtube and that Mm -hmm. they're educational helpful for Mm -hmm. me 
But sometimes some recommendations pop up something. I'm like, oh, let me check oh, yeah, this no, out I'll, real quick, right? Sometimes I get my excuse just to go down the YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's so if I'm crafting to try to do a minimalism challenge, I think there have to be kind of a bevy of rules mm. and or time limiters uh, for well, some of the things that I put. Well, let's talk about uh, the other practices. Like one thing that I, the ones that I personally liked, at least one that really stood out to me, that he spent a lot of time on, which is engage in solitude a lot, which he defines solitude as any time that there's no additional input from any additional humans. So that means reading, podcasts, mm-hmm. watching videos, etc. Uh, he has a big point. I think solitude is a, like, one of the best ways for our brains to solve problems because uh, that's like when the whole, I'm going to get the science wrong in this, but the whole default, the default mode network comes into play which uh, mm-hmm. is good for passively solving problems and that's best to engage whenever you are alone. So like every day at work, I take a fit or depending on like how, like how the weather is, I walk, a, I walk a lap or two around my building to just kind of take a break from everything and like refresh myself. I was doing that before I read this book, but I really see the value of that. So things like going for a run without headphones on, which I will never do, but that's the one thing you can do. <laughs> Uh, go for a walk. He reckons like just going for a walk. Like I, I suggested just things to kind of take your mind away from any input to process yes. things. I think that's a really good thing. It feels good whenever you're done with it. So just like the sensation you get when you're done, you're like, wow, I feel great. One of the best sensations I've had was, uh, I was at big bend years ago for like a long weekend and there's no cell phone usage out there. I was only using my phone as a camera. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. I I, mean, I, left, I left my phone on airplane mode until I got to my apartment after the trip. I was like, this is great. I'm just going to enjoy this. Uh, he also suggests things that I like as uh, joining a club because he goes into this whole tier list of different ways of socializing with people. Yeah. From the bottom tier, which is clicking like, which is, he calls it a one-bit communication, which is, I like this. Or at least like with Facebook, you got reactions. So you got like five different ways to interact with it, but still one bit of information. Mm-hmm. And then after that goes into like messaging people through messaging apps. And after that, the next, the next highest or so that's the next part of the tier is phone calls. And then after that would be seeing somebody in person, which is, uh, as science, as he's, points on the book like that science has showed that social media like wants our social side of our brains like be engaged but we're never quite satisfied so it's like instead of like browsing like facebook or twitter how about you call up a friend to get a drink with you or go for a walk with you instead so uh the topic of joining things is that if you join something then you have more of a reason to show up to things like he suggests crossfit which i uh, <laughs> which I mean, CrossFit's great from I've heard, I, but yeah, he's just CrossFit things like podcasting groups, like Mark hosts every week or not every week, every month, things like that. Mm-hmm. Doing those things are great. Uh, he also recommends things like um, one thing that I personally have been doing or been trying to make more of an effort to do lately is keeping my phone out of reach whenever possible. Yes. So. At home, whenever I get home from work, I leave my phone on the counter. So that way, if I, there's a phone call that comes in, I could hear it. But other than that, there's no need to pick up my phone. I keep it there all evening. Actually, 
appropriately my phone's in my bedroom right now as I'm recording this. So <laughs> yeah, I wanted to keep it there. Uh when I go to my D and D group every Sunday, I keep my phone in my car. Like doing that because in the most cases some people might want to reach out to you, but mostly it's not for an emergency reason. So yeah. you could if you are really concerned about emergency, he says like have your friends carry your phone for you instead. So like if you are out with a friend and they have like a bag, then ask them to carry your phone in their bag instead. They do just mm-hmm. to get away from you to keep you less tempted to check these things in the middle of a uh, of what were you doing? Actually, last time uh, Amberly and I went out, I actually asked her to put my phone in her bag. So <laughs> I'm taking out for that. It does make a big difference. It feels like there's nothing like pulling your attention away. Uh, another thing also is to keep your phone in do not disturb mode all the time, except for priority phone calls, which I do quite a lot. So I would recommend from experience definitely doing that. Yeah. And was you know, it's it's pretty common of when you read all these books about productivity, what um, stands the test of time mm-hmm. um, as they flow from book to book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's the constant connectedness, the constant learning, no downtime, right? Uh, as you were talking about, he has this section, um, about spending time alone, right? Um, he, a small little quote was humans are not wired to be constantly wired. Uh, and yeah. So, yeah. That's a, that's a good quote. Yeah. Going for those or how we would call from the book hyper-focus, scatter-focus <laughs> mode. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and that really helps. Uh, different things like uh, not having new input and just allowing yourself to be bored, allowing yourself to think. Um, you start to make those connections on various ideas that you have and challenges you're facing. Even doing the task of journaling in the morning or in the evening. Oh yeah, that's right. He does talk about journaling, which Yeah. Yeah, which it, I used to do and that did make my mornings better. Maybe we should do that more often. Yeah, it, it really helped because it a lot writing down helps you to get the things off your mind. It helps you work out what those are, what your fears and anxiety is. And it lets you put that on a page because you've you've blurted it out, you got it out on a page and you're not wasting the energy thinking about it anymore. Um, and, and, and it truly and honestly does help because I've been doing it more yeah, and more because of this right. conference. Um, <laughs> but just those things, there's core tenets that go from book to book to book that, you know, that everyone comes back to or that they phrase in a different way or mm-hmm. give a different example on um, that you can match back and say, OK, over these uh, other uh, over these four books that we've read or on just just for this uh, podcast like these are a few of the core tenets that you Mm. can take away as being truly solid good advice and evidence-backed right yeah long long discussion about it oh man i can talk about this quick forever this is a this is a hard (laughs) one to stop because um like he has things like dumb down your smartphone which is saying i did a year ago and i read this book and that yeah like that stuff like removing distracting apps from your from your phone playing things like digital well-being and screen time to have timers and stuff things that make it a little bit less compelling to go to like mm-hmm. that's great 
Uh, I love the idea. We could do an entire episode on that. <laughs> like we could literally <laughs> do an entire episode on everything he talks about in this book. Like we could both join CrossFit together and see how it affects us. Like stuff like that. Uh, yeah. One thing that I'm really interested that he recommends, not very recommends, it's actually kind of strange. He actually has an iPhone he mentions, uh, mm-hmm. but there are some people that he spoke to that after trying the challenge or maybe not related to it at all, but they were doing their own version of digital minimalism. They got their own dumb phones, which I've been curious about for a while, but there's a lot of utility that is useful to have with a smartphone. Like rideshare apps are important. I think mm-hmm. you never know if you need to have that. Like if your car breaks down, that's a useful thing to have. Uh, I guess you always call someone to pick you up, but it depends on where you are. Like there's like there's, I think that remembers people's phone numbers nowadays. I know. So, right. <laughs> but so like he says like get like a dumb phone. And actually before we started talking today, I started looking into dumb phones. And apparently every single dumb phone on, out there does not work on Sprint, which is what I have. So I can't try them. I'm so <laughs> mad. The one that he talks about in the book that really got my attention is the light phone. And they just released the yeah. light phone too which has more features than the first one, which includes stuff like maps and rideshare apps, which means that you could actually use it to get around uh, much more efficiently. I think I was looking at that because I, I was at a point where I was like, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and throw my phone away um, and no one can talk to me. Yep. Um, and I ran across the light phone. I was like, that's pretty cool. Um but I didn't see what the feature. I saw that there was a second version coming out. Yeah, or, the second version I think is out now. Uh, at least yeah. on the website, it's like that it's up for ordering, which I've been following that Indiegogo campaign for a while, and then I found out that's not available on my network. <laughs> and I'm planning on changing networks. I'm planning on changing to Google Fi, and Google Fi uses Sprint networks. So, I use too much data. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. The Light Phone. If you have Verizon or AT and T, or T Mobile then uh then get a light phone if you're interested in that he says it's a he mentions in the book uh, that's a tethered light it's a tethered dumb phone so mm-hmm. in other words you could transfer your number to it and like have it work on both devices at the same time so you just like leave your iphone at home and take your light phone with you on the weekend i, I your weekend love phone. that that's why i want to get that phone that's why i'm mad I it's working my that. network but i think it's also good because it saved me from possibly making an impulsive purchase of $350 today. So um, it's $350. So it's expensive. It work, oh, <laughs> it works on mine. Nice. Yes. I have cricket. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy some dumb phone that's not light phone and, and we could do a dumb phone challenge in the future. But yeah, like there's tons of things he talks about. I wish this episode could be a good uh, uh, stand in for the uh, for the book so you everybody could like know what to do but this book is so dense the philosophy itself isn't that dense but the right. practices are and there's a lot of good ideas in there that like as i'm reading this book i'm like oh i want to do that i want to do that or like oh, i should check that out <laughs> or something like that so like uh and just uh, this is a book all about how to use technology smartly from mm-hmm. an outsider's point of view. And I think he has a lot of good things to say. Uh, I'm not sure if you're ready for verdict time, Mark, but I'm feeling it. I'm I'm ready. Uh, okay. Go for it. All right. I give this book and its methods a five out of five. 
Everything about it, I think, is great. I think he might have some biases being an outsider to social media, and like he doesn't like run his own social media account for his blog, uh, so he doesn't know it's like in years since Mark. But I think overall, there's a lot of useful things that the average person can use to uh, to improve your life. I I actually was talking to Amberly the other day, and I was like, I think this is a book I should read once a year, at least until it goes out of date. Like the philosophy is there. It's really strong. Maybe the declutter is going to go through every every year or so just to kind of figure out what what the junk is lying around. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's. I wish I I was as eloquent as Cal Newport is, but I recommend this book and all of his other books. But we'll get to those other books later when we read them. <laughs> How about you, Mark? Um, I think I had wrote and rated this view in my personal collection. A very strong four out of five. Oh, nice. Um, I I really liked it. There were some things where, um, I again earlier I noted that it, it felt very tight. There are sections in which I was getting through, where I was like, okay, I, I don't. I think I can grab the crux of what you're trying to say mm-hmm. in these various examples from how people applied certain techniques in their in their day-to-day mm-hmm. or in their life or how they experienced it. Um, I would have also liked, and, and this annoys me, and, and no one probably ever thought about this, when you're looking at the contents. So when I grab a nonfiction book to read, <laughs> again, this is so minimal of a complaint. <laughs> when I grab a nonfiction book to read, of course, you like you read the back of it, you read the about, mm-hmm. and then I try to read the um, the uh, contents section. Oh yeah, the, the table all the sections, yeah. the table of contents, and then I read uh, the like the last section of the book because that pretty much sums everything up, mm-hmm. and then you go back to the beginning. My problem is the book is split into two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, part one, your foundations, and part two, your practices, mm-hmm. um, uh, things to put into motion. But there are subsections, lots of tiny little subsections that I would love to jump back to, mm-hmm. but I can't because he only lists the bigger sections. Such oh, as, <laughs> I see where you're going. <laughs> right. You yeah. have uh, don't click like is a, a major one of the major sections. But you have a mini section called the social animal, a mini section called the social media paradox. And I would like to be able to, from the table of contents, jump to those sections. So if you can, uh, Cal, if you're listening, if you can update your table of contents for your <laughs> ebook, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, I, this is great information. I love the philosophy. I actually wish I had this much earlier on. It feels like I've been bleeding. Um, implementing bits and pieces as um, as I've gone on and been trying to rethink it. Um, so this kind of helps solidify some of the information and steps I've taken and makes me wonder if I can go a little bit further in some things. Which or, is, oh, yeah, huh? I was going to say, which no, is what we'll be doing next. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so uh, for me, uh, the book is a, it's really good. I, I think I'm going to definitely come back to it. Um, I think it's a good refresher. I really think, just like Atomic Habits, mm. I think this book is a good refresher for you to come back to on a yearly basis mm. to read through and to make sure that that you're 
on par with everything or if there's something new that you should be picking up. Um, so yeah, four out of five for me. Now, Kyle, what was our next challenge again? <laughs> yeah. So we are going to take the inspiration we got from this book and do our own version of digital minimalism. Well, us two try to already use technology a bit wisely, but I've found Twitter and Reddit creeping into my life. Actually, Reddit's more than creeping into my life. It's like a part of my daily life now. I check it like I check my emails in the morning. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go in uh, such a way that we're going to do, apply some of the tactics from this book into our daily life. I know I have a list written down of the things I, the rules I want to abide by. We're not doing the declutter. We're just doing like a, like a minor version of it, I guess, if we want to see it that way. Yeah. And I have a list of rules. I know, Mark, you said that you have some ideas, but not a list just yet. Yeah. So I'll share my list. And then whenever we get back to the podcast next, in the next two weeks, we could uh, talk about what your rules were. But I mm-hmm. have my rules split up into three different categories. The first one is my phone, which uh, I put 10 minutes of usage for each social media app I have. I'm actually considering just removing them all after this after this episode. Uh, I have restrictions on, on app usages using my tasker setup already, which is going to help, but I've actually increased the how restrict they are. Like, for example, uh, this is actually because... Uh, so I... Typically before bed, I watch a YouTube video on my phone and then I read something and that's been fine. I'm not going to get rid of that routine because I'm very particular about going to sleep and if my methods aren't properly, I could stay up really late. So I, I found this routine that works for me. However, yeah. I found out that I've been reading longer than I should. So I know I created a tasker timer to uh, activate for whenever I read after a certain time and I can't read more than 15 minutes before bed. So, but I found myself reading this one book. I got really into it, and I was like staying up for like an additional forty minutes reading after watching a twenty-minute <laughs> video. I'm like, oh no, this isn't good. So, yeah, I, I'm trying to increase those restrictions. I also put parental controls on my uh, Play Store for apps with a pin code that I randomly generated that's uh, buried somewhere in my documents that I need to actually get to if I want to change it. And the parental controls are I, I can't install apps that are uh, higher than rated T. And that's because the Reddit apps I use and the Twitter app are both rated M. So okay. I can't... They're on my phone right now, but if I get rid of them, they're gone until I find that password. <laughs> so <laughs> so hopefully... I mean, when do you need an M rated app in your life anyways? <laughs> it's, right. Yeah, it's weird. I was surprised to see that Twitter is M. I guess it's because it's so crazy right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, actually, this is actually the best time to do this because as we're recording it, it's in the middle of the uh, coronavirus uh, scare. So The pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic panic. That'd be a name for a band. <laughs> yeah, cool but band. they uh, that's happening right now. And it seems like it's constantly chaos going to Twitter. So this is the best time... This is the best time to delete Twitter from your phone. If you have it, just get rid of it. <laughs> and uh, Reddit's maybe I'm deleting that one. That one's a little bit more curated. I use it to follow like Austin News and that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I also have been using 
uh, on my PC, which is the final, or actually, uh, my second category is PC, which I'll be installing apps on my PC for home and work that could block websites for me. I recently installed the app Stay Focused on my PC, which I used before. It's kind of buggy. I might change to a different one, but that one gives you a certain timer for distracting apps per day or not apps, websites per day in total. So like I put 10 minutes for distractions and that means like I can only spend a maximum of 10 minutes on YouTube, Twitter and Reddit and Instagram. It doesn't carry over between each sites or like it doesn't, it's not dependent to the site. It's overall time. Wow. So I have that. I have also been using forest a lot, which I use all the time at work. And then personally, I'm going to make more of an effort to do non-screen based entertainment in the evening before dinner. After dinner is relaxing for is relaxing for bed usually. Mm -hmm. So introduce it back in then. Uh, Amberly and I have been really making an effort to go to sleep or to wind down for bed like around 8.45 or 8.30. Yeah. So it makes it, we keep each other accountable for that. And also if I'm not expecting anything urgent, leave my phone in the car or in a different room. So I probably leave my phone in the car a lot more often now. Those are my rules, and that's what I plan on doing for the next two weeks. All right. All Any right. inspiration I, you have for yours, although you don't have like a set set like I do? Yeah, I've wrote a few things down. Um, so just some immediate things that I have. Right now, I have... We talked earlier a little bit about some of the limitations I have on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But I do also have a time restriction to an hour and a half. So I'm going to drop that down to 45 minutes. Oh, nice. Um, So I'm going to add that to the other restrictions that I have of when I can get on Instagram, at least in the morning. Um, That's my restrictions in the morning is I have to be on the gym, at the gym, (laughs) on the bike. Yeah. uh, In order to hop on Instagram or I have to be on the bus uh, riding to work. Uh, where I can do the social media stuff. Okay. Um, but I'm going to drop my time limit down to 45 minutes for the day uh, before uh, my phone blocks me. Um, YouTube, I'm thinking of doing a time limit restriction there. I'm not sure how that works because I watch a cross of educational items and um, other things. So the... I may do something where um, it's allowable if I can listen to the content uh, like while I'm working without video. So kind of like you would a podcast, right? There's uh, certain news programs uh, yeah. That, yeah. that I listen to that I actually don't need the video to. And they create a playlist every day. So at a certain time, I just launch their playlist and I'm working away and listening to the news. Um, but uh, uh, Otherwise, I think I'll have to find some way to be more intentional uh, of what I'm going on YouTube for. If I can actually explain to myself or answer how the video I'm about to watch um, is going to help me. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't know. what I think doing the physical work, like he mentioned, is a pretty good idea. I have no idea what to do for physical work. Um, yeah, same. That's just not my forte. I'm just going to use my meetings for editing and learning Python. That's what my plan is. Um, okay. Mine could be getting, uh, because like you, I, I'm not a backend programmer. I'm, I guess I'm more akin to design 
because I used to do web development like, oh my God, almost two decades ago. Anyway, um, we're going to edit that part out. <laughs> uh, no, um, there's, um, I really like web design and I want to learn web flow. So I would like to substitute some of my time in learning web flow um, and seeing how that could be useful. Also, I want to remove Twitter from my phone. Mm-hmm. I think I tweeted out a couple of weeks ago that at least on the desktop app, um, I stopped going to Twitter.com and I stopped using the actual Twitter app on my Mac and I use TweetDeck instead. And the primary reason for that is because it, I ignore the trending stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really great. And I find I get into bad behaviors because it's still on my phone. So I'm going to uninstall Twitter from my phone. There's no TweetDeck um, uh, mobile app that I can find. Uh, so I won't have my filters and things set up like I do on my desktop. So I'm removing Twitter from my mobile. And one thing that I've steadily that I've been doing and I'll try to do more is reducing notifications on what I receive notifications for. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Like Twitter, I removed, um, being receiving notifications. It won't matter anymore if I'm getting rid of the mobile app, but I had removed notifications for, uh, likes and mentions and stuff mm. so relegated to a specific time when I was on my desktop. Mm. So that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Um, I'll tweak and adjust to see. Um, I need to look at my phone stats and see which ones am I really using the mm. most of and Speaking where of, I can reduce notifications. Speaking notifications. Some apps, messaging apps, have a option. I think most of them, maybe all of them do. I think it's mostly there for privacy. They have an option to not display the message contents on notification. Yeah. Which uh, I did that as soon as I read this book last year. And it helps. <laughs> like my text messaging app just has a new message. And I use Facebook Messenger as well. And that one will tell me who it's from. So actually, that's better for me because I know how important it is. If it's from Amberly, I'll check it sooner than somebody else. Uh, that's. Uh, sorry for people that are listening that I haven't gone back to you in two days. I'm really bad messenger and I'll see you're my girlfriend. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other one is, yeah, the uh, uh, my Samsung messaging app has been pretty, uh, just blocks everything. Like I only see new message pop up. That's it. Like doing that helps a lot because you feel like less tempted, less tempted to check it. Yeah. It feels less tempted. That's a good idea. You That's also, also on Android, you also disable pop-up notifications entirely and just have it the icon pop-up, which I might do. Hmm. But that's something that I'll look into later. But uh, are you done with your plan or do you have more? No, I, I'm, I'm done with that. Any, uh, anything else? Um, no, this has just been a, a great book. I'm happy to share it with you, Mark, like you did with Atomic Habits with me. I'm happy <laughs> to get back into this again. I'm going to go straight to my phone after this and remove all my social media apps. And uh, going to figure out some more things like notification settings as well. Okay, so this is this is like breaking. Uh, I guess not breaking news. So this is like a breaking development right now. Sprint finally updated the Galaxy S9 to have Android 10, which Android uh-huh. 10 has digital well-being. I didn't have this luxury until <laughs> a week ago. So I've been like working my ass off to like find like ways around the system to like make this phone work for me. And now I actually have a OS level program that helps me. I'm so yeah. excited for this. I was I was so eager for Android 10 just for digital well-being. I was like, yes, yes, give it to me. And now I actually get stuff like screen time usage. I'm looking forward to that too. Wow, that's a, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, 
um yeah that's that's it for for this book review it was a really good book i'm glad you shared it and Mm -hmm. that we got to talk about it so again the next challenge is we're going to be not a declutter but we're going to be trying to challenge to minimize or enter the world of digital minimalism Mm -hmm. you can find everything that we talked about in a beautiful show notes below and on our website, tpl.show for short, or the productivitylab.show. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab. If you want to chat with me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AskMarkio, AskMarkIO. Or will they find s- you on Twitter? May, it's scheduled time, <laughs> you may. <laughs> Um, and then you can find my ugly illustrations and horrible writing at my blog, askmark.io. And Kyle, where can they find you? You could find me on Twitter and Instagram at KyleSQ9. And on Instagram, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last episode, but we got a second dog. So now there's twice the dog photos now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you either follow me on that. You could read my old writings at quadrant9.net as well. But remember, if you ever go to the social media websites that we're plugging, don't click like. Except for the show. Retweet the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, subscribe, don't like and retweet. Us. Like, <laughs> just, just like the show. Retweet the show. That helps exposure. But you, you don't need to expose us. We, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as always, stay productive. Cal Newport's uh, book, Digital Minimalism. I don't know, I just brought the name of the book again. But just in case you didn't realize it, I guess I'm looking at my notes right now and I just read the, the word Digital Minimalism. We're on a radio program. Yes, we are. Now, hey, you know, welcome every back now to, and then. Yeah, welcome back to the break. Uh, welcome back. We were talking with Cal Newport. <laughs> <laughs>